0: I am your host, Stephen, and you're listening to the Learn Swift Podcast, where beginners to the Swift language share their background, experiences, lessons learned, and ambitions. So this episode is going to be a little different. The podcasting platform that I used to record and publish the episodes of the Learn Swift Podcast was having some file provider issues, and I was unable to record or publish any episodes last week. So... In the interest of getting an episode out to you guys, I thought I would follow this a similar format to what you normally hear with a guest, but with myself. So essentially, I'm going to be interviewing myself. (laughs) Um, So go ahead and get started. Uh, This is an outline that I typically have with the guests that I have on the show. Uh, A lot of times I don't explicitly really ask these questions because they come naturally in the form of conversation, but I'm just going to go ahead and read these out and give my answers and that'll be the show. So the first question is, what's your background? I was born and raised in Houston, Texas and went to the Marine Corps at the age of 20, um, before then in between high school and when I, when I enlisted, I was in college for a little bit, uh, community college and kind of decided it wasn't for me at the time. And I enlisted, um, went into the infantry and did two deployments to Afghanistan and I got out and started working in the oil field and I got some promotions there and that took me across the country. Um, I started working in Houston where I was from after I got out of the military Then I moved to Wyoming and Florida, and then I got my promotion, and it brought me back to Texas in the Dallas area. Um, Then the oil industry kind of had a downturn, and I started looking for other work. Uh, In that time, I was working in the oil industry. I went to school online and got a bachelor's degree in business administration, and I was able to find work outside of that industry. But I hadn't really enjoyed anything since being outside of that industry was kind of exciting, uh, you had a lot of a lot of um, liability. Uh, so if I made a mistake, it could cost millions of dollars. And compared to my job now, if I make a mistake, it could cost thousands of dollars. So the excitement isn't really all there. Um, that brings me to the next question: Do you have any programming experience? And I have a little programming experience, nothing too fancy. Um, I have done a little VBA um, in VBS um, with doing automation in Excel and with SAP. For anybody that's not familiar with SAP, it's a enterprise software for managing supply chain, financial stuff, etc. And I would write these macros that would access SAP through VBS. And then they would come back and I would do generate all these reports. Um, And then I had dabbled in a little Python um, to do automation as well um, for things that weren't very easy to do in VBA. There's a lot of packages for Python and it's, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of get something done in Python with very little knowledge. The next question is, what were you doing before you started learning Swift? And I was planning my exit strategy for my, with my current company. And uh, as I had mentioned before, I, I haven't been really happy with my line of work since I left the oil and gas industry due to lack of excitement. Um, and without that excitement, my, my job's pretty dull and boring, and I, I don't really enjoy it. And that, that, that might sound a little whiny, but I, I had always wanted to do something with computers. And that... and. Or, or something, something geeky, really. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge geek at heart. And I, at the time I had started getting back into playing magic, the gathering, and I had been going to this local comic shop and I, and surprisingly enough, there was a bunch of old guys around my age, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 30 years old right now. And they're all, you know, guys that used to play when they were in high school and, you know, have a lot of fun playing the game. And we, I'd go there every Friday And I was thinking, man, it'd be really cool to open up my own store. So I had started looking into and planning, uh, opening up my own comic retail store in this town that my wife and I had gone to on our anniversary and they didn't have a store. So I thought it would be a good place to open one because I didn't really want to compete with the store in my town that I live at. Um, but I I quickly found that uh, opening a retail business costs a lot of money. Um, not not that that would be super surprising, but the upfront cash that I would have needed at a minimum would have been around fifty thousand, and uh, at the high end, around one hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand for all the uh, things that I needed to pay for. And this leads in right into the next question: Why are you learning Swift? So I got the idea to make a Magic the Gathering app, a companion app. And there, there are a few of these on the App Store, um, but they don't really do all the things that I really like. Um, the, the interfaces, um, some of them are nice, but they don't necessarily have all the features that I want in an app. Um, maybe I want to look at uh, pricing data across different uh, secondary markets. Maybe I want to build a a different deck and see how it would play out by doing some practice draws and things like that. There, there's really a lot of different factors that go into playing Magic the Gathering that um, across a, a bunch of apps, you know, you could get that kind of functionality, but there wasn't really one single app that could perform all those functions that I really wanted. And this leads into the next question. How's it going? So I've taken quite a roundabout way as I've, as I've gone through my Swift journey. Um my my first exposure to Swift, which I didn't even know existed at the time I wanted to start making iOS apps, and I went to Google and I looked up how to make iPhone apps. Um so the first thing that came up was a Nick Walter course um, at from Udemy, and I, I, I did that course. Then I did another Udemy course by Mark Price and the Dev Slopes crew. And uh, I've gone through hacking with Swift and Paul uh, Pro Swift, Paul Hudson's coding challenges, and I, I went from uh, watching videos to doing more book-based learning. Um, I'm still not really there to where I want to be to to make that Magic the Gathering app. Um, I've gone through a lot of iterations of different apps, and I feel like that I'm I'm, I'm close. But I, I'm not at a point yet where I feel like my my skill is high enough to where I want to make this app because I really want it to be something that I'm super proud of. Like I don't just want it to be a bunch of table views and click on this and see some, you know, a, like a master-detail application. That, that's not what I want to do, and I I want to make it um, good. So I'm I'm starting to work on projects to cut my teeth, and I've. I've I've gone through a few iterations I had mentioned before that I had made a to-do list app for procrastinators and I had almost considered putting that on the app stores super close I was going to really do a test flight and give it out to my family and have them try it out and I decided that uh that wasn't really something that I I really seriously wanted to pursue and I didn't really want to put it on the app store um so that that's how it's going the method I'm using to learn. Um, right now, it's it's a lot of tutorials, to be honest. Um, I, I feel like I keep, when I go to the drawing board and I get stuck on something, and I, I start to get frustrated, so I kind of take a break from what I'm working on and go learn something new, which is really the thing that I like the most about programming, is that there's so much stuff to learn, and I think that you probably learn the most when doing a project, but at the same time, um, I don't, want to stay on something that's making me frustrated for a super long amount of time when I don't really have the experience. So there's still stuff out there to learn. And so I I take a break from that and I go and I learn something new and then I come back and then I, then I look at it with fresh set of eyes and learning some new concepts and seeing how I could tie it all together. So the next question is what's easy. And I feel like not, not a whole lot is easy really. Um, but I feel like that I'm pretty decent at manipulating views and, and doing navigation based things and working with stuff like that. I'm getting a bit better at Swift itself. Um, I've, I've gotten the hang of closures and memory management with weak and optionals. I've, I've really nailed those down. I feel very confident with them and how to use them and when to use them and whether I want to use nil Cole Lessing and, or if I want to do optional chaining, uh, guardlets versus iflets, uh, a lot of times with guardlets and iflets, I, I, I've recently been starting with guardlet, and then if it makes more sense, then I'll go with an iflet. Some of the situations kind of dictate that situation. Um, what's hard is, uh, everything else really <laughs> the whole. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of noise, and I, I, I think maybe I take in too much information at times, listening to different things about uh, protocol-oriented programming, object-oriented programming, different design patterns, and all these other sorts of things. And I, I get caught up in, and this is what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of facing right now, because I'm starting a new project, and it's a, a, a file system type app where that puts a little extra layer of security between the operating system and the app itself and the files that it contains. Um, so, like, if you were to unlock your phone and give it to your children or your mother or father, or anybody really. But maybe you have some stuff on your phone that you, even even you don't want them to see. <laughs> maybe you've got some uh, pictures of you that you're not super proud of, or or maybe you've got some work stuff that you you know. Maybe there's some something that you just don't want casual eyes to, to glance at. Um, and you could put it in, in this app. Um, but the, the issue that I'm really having is trying to put it all together. So I've got, I've got all these different concepts in my head and I'm, I'm sitting here at the drawing board and I've got, I've, I've made so many iterations over, over my model layer and I'm, I'm deciding on trying to where to put it. And at at this point, I think what I'm going to do is just, make it work and then refactor. Um, and that's probably the best way to do it. Because like I said before, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience and I definitely don't have any experience shipping an app. And I know these practices, but implementing them from the ground up is is seeming kind of difficult. And I think that if I if I start just getting it to work in the worst way possible and then working backwards from there will probably be a better method for me. And then the next question is, what do you need help with? And I think I already went over that a little bit, but, um, I think that whenever I'm trying to come up with an idea on my own, I have a, I have a harder time implementing it, but I've done a, I've done several coding challenges and I've, I've taken some, um, example apps or like say, Hey, build something that does this and, you know, maybe do this animation and I can do that. Great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm great at coding challenges. I can take a requirement and make it happen. Uh, the problem with me is, is with my own stuff is that I think I'm too concerned with making it the best And and what is that anyway? That's just my own self-consciousness just nagging at me saying, Hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. You're, you're stupid. You're, you're not going to do this, right? Can you ship an app? No. So I got to take a step back and and realize that um, I have never shipped a product in my entire life before. And I'm what I'm really trying to do is get that experience. But I'm I'm shooting myself in the foot by trying to make myself make an app that behaves and is designed like somebody that's been doing this for a decade. What am I getting good at is the next question, and <laughs> I think I'm getting um, pretty decent at the some of the functional aspects of Swift. Shout out to Paul Hudson for that um, in his pro Swift book, because he he really uh, knows how to break stuff down Barney style. Um, Like I had no idea what map did Um, for those that, that still might not know map uh, allows you to essentially iterate over a collection, like an array, and then you can do transformations and it'll return a new array from that. So when you call map, essentially what it's doing is iterating over The elements of the array or whatever collection you're using and we'll apply whatever transformation you you decide so maybe you want to take an array of integers and increase them by two so you would call dot map on your array of integers and then in there you could do dollar sign zero which represents the element of the array and then do plus two and then you would return an array with every element Increased by two. That's a really basic example, but it gives you the, the idea um, of what you can really do with it. Another function that I've really enjoyed messing around with and, and learning and I feel pretty, pretty good with is flat map. And like map, you iterate over a collection and you return a new collection. So with flat map though, what it can do is it will unwrap optionals and then omit any nil values. So let's say, for example, you have a text field in your app and the user is supposed to be inputting some type of numeric data, but when you input into a text field, you get a string out of it. Well, since strings are collections now, or, or again, I should say, you can call flat map on a string. Now in our case, uh, we're wanting to turn it into integers, so we would call dot .flatMap on our string, and then since the elements of a string are characters, we would have to transform that character into a string, and then transform that string into an integer. And you can do this by nesting, you go int open parentheses string open parentheses dollar sign zero, and then it will spit out an array of integers. And you might be thinking, but wait, Steve, whenever you initialize an integer from a string, it returns an optional and you're right. And if you would have just done a regular map, it would have returned an array of integer optionals. But whenever you use flat map, it will unwrap those optionals for you and then not return any nil values. So you end up with a, a clean unwrapped non-optional array of integers in this case. So it doesn't matter if your user found a way to put in some characters like A's and B's or whatever. um, It would still spit out a clean array of integers. The next question is, what do you like? And I think the thing that I like most about learning Swift is the community. Really. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me since I've started this podcast uh, people learning people in the same same boat as me, and to be honest that's that's kind of why I did this. I wanted to talk to other people that that were learning and since Swift is still a very new language there's there's so many people out there learning, and a, a lot of times it's their first programming language ever. Um, and it, it's also pretty neat to see see the language evolve a, as we use it. Um and th- you know that that comes along with some pain points with you know stability and whatnot but uh, being being new still it, it's not as big of a deal and I I feel like as the language matures uh, maybe I'll be at more of an advantage because I've I've been using Swift for a bit longer than maybe people that come to it when it's more established for example if you if you go and look for jobs as a Java developer you see a lot of requirements of, you know, maybe have been coding in Java for like 10 years (laughs) and Swift hasn't been around that long. So you're not really going to find a whole lot of people that um, need that much experience. Now they might say they do, but (laughs) it's not possible yet. Um, But other than that, uh, I I think the language is really approachable and I I tried to program a long time ago, when I was a teenager, and I I had a C plus plus book, and I had sat down with it, and I, I barely got past Hello World, and this this was at a time when the internet wasn't really brimming with a lot of resources for for newcomers, and it, maybe it was there, and I just didn't know how to find it at the time. I, I don't even think Google exists. I think the I think the I think the search engine of choice at the time was Alta Vista or Yahoo. Um, but I just found it very hard to wrap my head around and having this dry textbook essentially is what I had. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of, uh, telling you how something works in a way that's easy to understand for somebody that doesn't come from a programming background at all. But with Swift and probably with other languages too, I just don't have a whole lot of exposure to a lot of other languages, but there, there's all sorts of resources that really break it down into understandable ways. Um, really break down that abstraction that, that is occurring with these programming languages and puts it into terms that I can understand and relate to in the, in the physical world. And then when you couple that with easy to understand syntax, uh, I think it really makes Swift a very beginner friendly language. Not to mention um, the the progressive disclosures everybody likes to call it. Um, you you can get into more advanced stuff when you're ready for it. You don't have to. You don't really have to know a whole lot about advanced programming concepts to to get started or even build a simple app. Um, it's really it, it's really approachable in that way. And that that's that's the thing I think I like most about Swift. And the last question is, what do I dislike? And I don't know that there's anything that I particularly dislike um, that's specific to Swift. I think what I dislike most about programming in general, though, is today, just like I said, there's all this information out there that's kind of a double-edged sword. And I feel like there's also a whole lot of information. And it's kind of hard to figure out what is quality information Um, and then. Even when there is quality information, there's all sorts of differing opinions on what is the right way to do something or whatever. And I I touched on this before where I I feel like sometimes I have this information overload and I can't really make up my mind on how to approach or tackle a particular problem because you've got people over here saying functional reactive programming is the way protocol oriented is the only way object oriented program is the only way. And then you've got people to say, all these are great together. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh no, but you know, I'm just trying to take it one step at a time and, and, and just really learn as much as I can and use it in ways that are productive and will make me a better programmer overall. So <clears throat> that concludes the uh, question portion of, of my self-interview, um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about the Swift Coders Network. Uh, I mentioned it in a previous episode, and I, I don't pitch these guys enough, but the Swift Coders Network consists of Swift Coders by Garrick, and then there's Fireside Swift with Stephen Berard and Zach Falgu, and then the Learn Swift Podcast. If you haven't heard either of those podcasts, I highly suggest that you go listen to them. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard of the Learn Swift podcast through Garrick on Swift Coders, but I would imagine that there's probably some of you that haven't. And he is the reason that this podcast even exists. I had joined the Swift Coder Slack channel and not long after I had joined, Garrick had posted in the Slack channel, wanting a new Swift developer to be the host of this new podcast that he was dreaming up in his head. And of course he, he's, he's a busy guy and he didn't have time to do it. And he really wanted it to be something where it was beginners talking to other beginners. And I had been wanting to contribute back to the community for a while. Um, so I, I jumped at the chance and I, and I volunteered and for some crazy reason, he he decided to let me be the one to host it. Um, so thank you, Garrick, for for choosing me to be the host of the Learn Swift podcast, and I, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So Swift Coders and the Learn Swift podcast are interview-based shows. Fireside Swift is a topic-based show. So Stephen and Zach talk about Swift and iOS programming concepts. In their most recent episode, they talked about core data, that they've also talked about memory management. They've talked about optionals and mvc and things like that and it's it's real casual it's real fun they joke around they go on tangents it's it's pretty much like if you and your friends sat around talking about swift and other dorky things they drop a lot of lord of the rings references Uh, i think this last episode had a harry potter reference and then you've also got the obligatory star wars stuff in there too so i hope you check those guys out i really enjoy their show a lot and i think you'll like it too and with that, I'm going to go ahead and leave you guys. Uh, if you want to say hello, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Steven underscore 0351. My DMs are open. You can say hello, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, also, if you want to be on the show, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'm always looking for new people to be on the show, and I would really love to hear your story and hear about what you're going through and your methods of learning Swift. I just ask that you've been learning to code Swift for a couple months so that we have some stuff to talk about. I should be back on a regular release schedule soon, and I'll see you next time.